station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, movie giant ape, Melissa Kersher. Hi. And movie, I'm going to say T-Rex, although given the movie we're about to watch, that isn't as cool as it sounds, uh, Jenny Young. Yay! I can't make the, the noise. You can't make the T-Rex. So, uh, we are here to watch a movie, as we do uh, on this podcast. The movie we are going to watch is King Kong. Jenna, please Yay! tell us, what do you know about King Kong? Okay, so there's this giant monkey, and it's on a building, and it's got a chick in its hand. Um, a chicken? A chick. A chick. <laughs> oh. In right. its hand. Got it. All Although right. a chicken would be cool. Yeah. Um, that would be. That would and be. it goes at the top of the building. That's what I know about. All right. You know there's a giant ape at the top of a building. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, and uh, there's someone named Fay Ray. Fay Ray. <laughs> you know Fay that Ray is of... involved. Whatever happened to you know that because exactly. of Rocky Horror Picture Show. I do, show, don't and you? that's yeah. the dumbest reason to know anything about anything. You know ever. what? It is legit. <laughs> it's, it's you know. However, you learn these things, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, so yes, we're about to watch King Kong. This is a classic monster movie. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the first giant monster movie. I, well, I mean, there were other giant monster movies, but really, this is the iconic giant monster movie that spawned many other giant monster movies after it. Like, there would be no Godzilla without King Kong. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, There'd definitely be no Godzilla versus King Kong without King Kong. That That is absolutely wow. true. Yes. That makes sense. <laughs> it does. It, there is a logic there. Yeah, and there, there would is. be no Donkey Kong. No Donkey Kong. <laughs> and that's... Oh, I love Donkey Kong with the throwing the barrels in it. <laughs> and without Donkey Kong, there'd be no Super Mario Brothers. So, I mean, it uh, all... You understand how important... <laughs> King Kong is important to popular, to culture, in ways that you never imagined. You can, no you can literally trace... You can connect the dots from King Kong to Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that that's... It's not even hard. You can also connect the dots from King Kong to Godzilla, and you can connect the dots from Godzilla to Godzilla 2000, and that's too bad. But (laughs) um, well, Godzilla 2000 is fine. It's the 1999 remake. Sorry, sorry, Godzilla the 1999. Yeah, just getting that clear. Just getting that clear. (laughs) The point is that King Kong is responsible for a lot, uh, including, and we've we've watched a Ray Har- Harryhausen film, including uh, Ray Harryhausen's career. Yes, <laughs> um, even though he's not uh, he's not the person that does the animation. In this right, film, it's it's Willis O'Brien who uh, who did all the animation in this, and he is one of the great unsung heroes of special effects. Well, I mean, I, I feel like people in special effects are like, Willis O'Brien worship at his... They will sing you know, Willis O'Brien. Yeah. Willis O'Brien! Yes, pretty yeah. much, pretty much. <laughs> but he, he, he did all of the stop motion special effects for this movie and pretty much changed the face of special effects. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's amazing stuff. Yeah, I know there's... We'll get into a whole lot of, I'm sure... Uh, wonderful trivial notes about the film oh goodness uh, yes after after we watch it um and i have a story about my first time watching king kong which is a good story uh which which we'll save because right now what we want to do is we want to let 
uh, Jenna have that first experience Yay. of watching King Kong. And so we're just uh, we're gonna we're gonna head off. We're gonna watch the giant ape. We're gonna watch Fay Ray. Mm-hmm. We're gonna see what happens. He might he might climb to the top of a building. It could happen. I'm pretty sure he does. I, yeah. Oh, with, with a chick. Spoiler. With a chick in his hand. With a chick. With a chick in his hand. Not a chicken. Not a chicken. Not a chicken. I will never confirm nor deny that there is a chicken. Frankly, (laughs) the chicken would be easier. He's got really big hands. That's true. Maybe it's a lot of chickens. (laughs) He'd be a whole bunch of chickens. Whole fist of chickens. Fistful of chickens is the name of my next album. Oh, that's a fringe show in the making. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. Fistful of Chickens is my Bare Naked Ladies cover band. Oh, sweet. Anyway. Okay, so uh, we're going to go watch the movie now. We've been silly long enough. We hope you do too. And enjoy King Kong. We'll be back in a little bit. And we are back. Many extras have had their heads chomped off. Uh, many other extras have been stomped. Lo- lots of uh, some extras have been tossed into a chasm, and their fate is uncertain. Although it was actually filmed, but we'll get into that a little later. So uh, many of them were just shoved into just, his mouth and then taken out again. Well, like it clearly, some it was, giant it was, toddler. It was Kong well, kind of be like, being like, "Well, if I pop their heads off like a zit, then I don't have to deal with them." I but think I didn't what, feel like or, like there were uh, there were so many of them where like just took this dude and was like, "I'm gonna put this in my mouth," and then like so we get the really cool shot of the dude in the mouth. And then ah. he just, like, takes him out. And either just flings... Get, and the guy's still flailing his arms and everything. I, I think it's like a box of chocolates. And he's like, oh, nougat, no. No, oh, this is nougat. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, this oh, is this one's good. coconut. No. No. Uh. One of these guys has to be edible. I just got to figure out which one. Which one's cherry-centered? Uh. Uh, ick, stomp on him. Boo. <laughs> oh, oh, my oh, God. Oh, Tim. Tim, you are it. so wrong. Anyway. So... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so Jenna, yeah, you have now seen King Kong. What did you think? King Kong is a giant toddler. I just like, he really is. <laughs> he really is. He's, he's, he's just curious about the world. Yeah, you yeah. know, he's he's got a new favorite toy. Mm-hmm. You know, every 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 once in a while, these these nice guys just kind of give him a toy and. And he's got this new one, and it looks different than the rest of the ones that he's gotten before. And yeah, it's like he, he got knockoff Barbies, you know, all the way up till right. now. And it's like, real Barbie, this is amazing. It's <laughs> this racist? is horrible. This is, yeah, really racist. There's a certain level of race. There, there I mean, is the... There's a lot of racism. There is Let's the face implication it. that he's more interested in Faye Ray because... She's white. Yeah. Uh, She's blonde. Specifically blonde. In the 77 Kong version, and I've only seen the 77 version once. Because it's terrible. Well, it is terrible. But (laughs) isn't it even more... I mean, in the 77 version, don't they actually offer up one of the natives? And Kong is like, no, screw this. I've had enough of these black girls. Yeah. And and kills her. And then Fairy is like... Oh, look at this! Mm-hmm. No, it's not Feyre; it's Jessica Lange. But anyway, yeah. So, yeah. so, but, but yeah. But, uh, there, there is certainly. But I mean, the thing is, like, hmm. tiptoe, tiptoe, tiptoe. Um, <laughs> the, no, but if you have like a being that has only ever seen that is of the mentality of a two-year-old and has only ever seen, you know, one type of toy, like say it's. Um, Green dinosaurs, mm-hmm. okay? 
And then, like, suddenly somebody offers you a pink dinosaur, and you're like, Whoa, pink dinosaur. Dinosaur is pink. What I've ever what, seen before. What witchcraft not, is this? I mean, I, I think that, like, King Kong in this film is probably the least racist person <laughs> in the characters. Well, I mean, I, it's there's. It's a race thing. There's it's even. A, that's a different color thing. Well, and, and there's certainly, like, a historical precedent for, you know, like. It, tribes stealing women from faraway places because they're exotic. You know, yeah. the, the rare is beautiful. Oh, the yeah. Vikings were huge with that. Yeah, the, the Vikings were big on that. So And they were white. So And, and they were totally yeah. white. So it's it it, it it's a thing. It's it, a thing. It, it is a thing. That yeah. that's different. It's an unfortunate is, thing, but it's, it's a thing. That's different and shiny. And she was she was a new shiny toy that was very different from anything that King Kong had had before and just kind of really kept this one. Yep, and there's also, you know, reading that you can do into it that, you know, it's the, you know, King Kong is kind of an analogy for, you know, a non-white men taking interest in white ladies or, you know, whether, whether yeah. that's intentional or not. I mean, it's stretching a little bit. I didn't take it that way at all. But, but yeah, it's... But sure, it's, you it's, could write that paper. It, it is, it is so... It, it's all about, you know, the, the fish out of water story. You know, at first you've got the white people and out of their element on... A, Island with giant apes and dinosaurs, and then dinosaur take, creatures. Oh my god, the dinosaurs! And then you take Kong out of his environment, and shit happens too. So, yeah. but oh my, yeah. god, like okay, so that moment where I saw the stegosaurus. It's a stegosaurus yeah, it's a stegosaurus. Right? Yeah, dinosaur, it was the dinosaur creature. Uh, yeah, the, no, yeah, dinosaur something creature. Something from the dinosaur family. Something yeah, from the dinosaur, dinosaur family. family. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? It looks like something from, from the, the dinosaur, dinosaur family. family. You so, have never what? been to a museum. Yes. Yeah. What? <laughs> Not a scientist. Yeah. At oh my all. god. Ding. It is, but like oh. that that first moment when that stegosaurus came out like being the only like uh you know like the 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 the, the first dinosaur family creature that we've seen aside from possibly King Kong depending mm-hmm. on how you and it. But it, like I'm I'm just like Oh, my God, it's a dinosaur island. <laughs> Jurassic Park, eat your heart out. Indeed. I, I loved how invested you were in this movie. I loved watching you watch this movie, Jenna. Oh, my God. It was, like, well, it was see, awesome. The fights. The fighting was yeah. amazing. The, the the animator for this did such an amazing job with the fights mm-hmm. because I'm watching... I've studied stage combat. Like, yeah. this, is, this is my thing. And I'm watching these animations have fights that are actual, like, MMA moves that you would use in wrestling and things uh-huh. like that. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's a real... I know how to do that one. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, 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 you trip him. Now I have... Oh! Like, it was like a little mini wrestling match just inside of a black and white movie about... Oh, yeah. It, it's great stuff. Yeah. And, and, part, and that's mostly because, first of all, uh, Willis O'Brien, who did the animation... Um, Willis O'Brien! Willis! I'm trying to sing, because yeah. he said he was on the song, and I feel like he needs, yeah. some, <laughs> he needs some singing. Well, when he was a teenager, he uh, tried to you know, be a boxer, and so oh. he knew fighting a little bit. But also, the, the bigger part was that Marion C. Cooper, the director, and uh, Ernest B. Shudsack, 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 uh, producer, the two guys in the biplane at the end, yeah, yeah. incidentally, um, they were both wrestlers on the side. And so they were, oh like, planning god. out all the moves for Willis, and they, like, demonstrated Oh them my god, yes! Oh, <laughs> to the puppet. Yeah. So so that is why oh, all those fight scenes are just so great. So good. So realistic. Like, as far as... Oh, I loved it so much. Yeah. It, it was 
It's great stuff. I don't see how, how nobody else could get invested in those fights. Like, it's... Like, well, maybe but people did. I mean, that, oh, yeah, that was, King this Kong. This was an enormous hit. It was a huge, huge... I mean, the reason King Kong is a cultural touchstone is because it just was lightning in a bottle. Well, yeah, it, it opened in New York City in March 2nd, 1933. And the first weekend, it made like $90,000. And consider that... So, like, back then, it's like... Yeah, it's like 35 cents a ticket. No, it's not even that for... Like, a ball game was 35 cents a ticket. Movies were cheaper than that. And this is the Depression. We'll give it a quarter. $90,000 in one city in one week. Yeah, pretty much. It was just an enormous hit. Oh, my God. Enormous. Nobody had seen anything. They hadn't seen anything like it. And, and, I mean, it's really impressive. The special effects are Mm -hmm. really good. Yeah, even today. Uh, like, yeah, yeah like, because I'm watching this, and, like, they, they do the cutaways between the, the live uh, and and the animated, and, mm-hmm. and you're, you can see, like, like right, the, the animation, like, some of the items, the, the, the foreground stuff, would go from being live to animated, mm-hmm. but the transition, that, that it's like it wasn't there. But yeah. then you could see it as it started to be moved or whatever. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, But that was a thing. And now it's a, ooh, really yeah, the, well done. The combination of back projection and the animation is and, and live action is just yeah. amazing. Like, particularly in the scenes where you have the, the live action characters in, like, little niches or caves. Uh-huh. And then Kong is the big element in the screen. Yep. So literally what they were doing was... Um, they were doing animation, but they'd have like little cutaways or, or at least black spots in the set, the little miniature set, and then they'd frame by frame match up the live action footage with whatever Kong was doing, frame by frame, and then oh shoot it that God. way. Yeah, and, and you got to remember they couldn't do this in a computer. Yeah, so, they, so this it, was all by hand. The the they would put in like twenty hour days just doing the stop motion. And um, Kong, the the maquette for Kong, I've actually seen it. It's amazing. It's like 18 inches tall. Um, these days, there it's just the metal armature with all the hinges and stuff. And okay. It's a beautiful piece of work. But it was the armature plus like foam and some latex covered in rabbit fur. So he was soft. Aww. But he they um, they'd you know film all day with him, and then they'd take the covering off and have to like tighten up the hinges every night. <laughs> So Kong would still work. Oh my god! <laughs> and oh and all god. the dinosaurs, same thing. So it was just this magnificent maquette that they worked with, oh. and um, you can see during the animation, you can see the fur moving around. That's the fingerprints of the animators as they're moving the maquette. Yeah. yeah. And when they first discovered that the fur was moving from shot to shot, they went, "Oh my god! This, oh god, this is never going to work." And then they showed the test footage to, I think it was one one of the producers, and he went, "I love how you make the the, the hair blow in the breeze." And it was like, "Yes, All right. that's yes, we're, that's, we're, that's, that's exactly, exactly that's what, what we were, were doing. doing. That, yeah. That's what we wanted." That, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Thank you very we'll, much we'll for noticing this. that artistic choice we made. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, it's so uh, good, though. So uh, yeah, the, I, the first time I saw this movie, I you know, it's, it's like any movie, you, you, you like, oh, 
I need to see King Kong someday, and I never saw it. And then we... Uh, oh, God, you saw it at Budnam. I saw it at Budnam. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> you know, th- we've mentioned this before, this big movie festival, Melissa and I and a few other people go to every year, which is, you know, a 24-hour film marathon. And, and they show some premieres, and they show mm-hmm. some classics. And this particular year, they showed a movie called Rock All Night, which is really great, and you should try and find it. Oh, it's a fun uh, movie. And it stars uh, the actor who plays the professor in Gilligan's Island, <laughs> yes. playing this sort of badass Fonzie character. What? Like, it, like yeah. it, it's like yes. if, it's like if Fonzie was even more badass. <laughs> oh, um, and, we should just find that movie and show it for real education. Just yeah, we cause. really just because. And and at the end of the movie, there's a reference to King Kong, uh-huh. and then the next thing they that it leads into is King Kong. Yeah, and, and it, it was a completely restored print. They, I mean, the first time this print had been screened was at Buttonamathon. It, incidentally, it's the exact same print that we just watched. Yeah, so the <gasps> the um, I think it was released in two thousand four. It was a double DVD disc of the restored version of King Kong and a whole extra disc of goodies. Yeah, um, it's fantastic. Buy it. Yeah, I have it. I own yeah. it uh, because it, it's just like so. You're, the first time I got to watch it was this pristine clean mm. print mm-hmm. and it was just like whole in a theater and and not just not just clean what they were doing what they did in this uh, restoration was not only put in a bunch of footage that had been taken out over year over the years um and i'll get into that in, the, in a moment but also they did a little bit of motion blurring in between the shots for okay. the the stop motion just to give it a little bit cleaner motion and so i i it, it's one of those things like you know airbrushing out the 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 wires in a restoration you know sure. on on model shots so it's a it's a little bit of a cleanup thing it's very very subtle if you didn't know it was there you probably didn't notice it but it does make it just that much more cleaned up and sure. easier to enjoy it's yeah. not quite as jerky as it but I mean the best thing was. about it is just you're watching a screen a film mm-hmm. that doesn't have scratches in it and yeah, yeah just it's so nice it looks really good. So that was my experience watching King Kong for the first time. And, you know, we do need to talk about some of the restoration stuff because I think the thing oh, yeah. that this is pre-haze. So, you know, oh, yeah, you've got yeah. the... Got oh, the my t- God. It is. Giant monkey taking her clothes off. Yeah. yeah. And sniffing his fingers after. Yeah. And there's a, there's a point where she, she has no bra on. There's, uh, let's see, some of the other stuff that eventually got pulled out. Um, the the most famous one was when he's stripping her and and then sniffs his fingers. It's like whoa! When Hayes Code came around and they reissued the film in 1938, like, that yeah, was that's gone. gotta go. That was gone. But, yeah. I mean, we should, the scene that got taken out that is gone. That is gone, gone. It doesn't exist anymore. Is the spider pit? Yeah. So and, and the spider pit sequence happens. Um, okay, so when. Uh, the sailors are crossing the gorge and they're on the log and Kong goes by and says, fuck this shit, and he tips over yeah. the log and all the sailors yep. fall down in the pit. Yes. They didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> there was a whole scene where they kind of wake up, shake it off, and things come out of the pit and eat them. Giant oh spiders. My God. Yeah, Giant and, spiders. And, oh and there God. are production stills of it. Uh, so, and, and there's records of the, the models for the creatures that come out and, and fight them. So there was this whole sequence of them dying <laughs> that um, after, I think, one or two screenings of the film, Marion C. Cooper himself said, this this scene stops the the film cold. It doesn't. The work. audience was freaking out. <laughs> it, well, well, there are two different stories. Either the 
one of them is that the it was too strong. It was too scary. The audience was freaking out and walking out. The other story was uh, from somebody who allegedly actually saw the spider, spider pit sequence and said, no, people were giggling at it. <laughs> so either wow. way, it didn't work. And It just didn't and, fit with the rest of the film. Yeah, and Cooper took the film, cut out the scene, and that part is has vanished. And it's gone. The, it, the, the film is gone. Yeah. So, so it's been kind of one of those legendary things like, uh, you know, the um, London After Midnight or, you know, lost pieces of film that everybody's looking for that probably just doesn't even exist anymore. But uh, one of the goodies on that uh, two-DVD set that I own is, first of all, a documentary about the Spider Pit sequence. And Peter Jackson and his team, while they were working on the 2005 remake of Kong, um, as a side project, they decided to recreate the, the spider pit sequence. Ooh. First of all, they put it into the 2005 remake, like the modern version of it with their okay. cast and all that, and it's actually seen in the remake. But they did a restoration of the spider pit sequence using only 1933 techniques. What? Shot with black and white. What? And using all the, whatever they knew to rebuild the models and <gasps> hand animate it. Yes! And it's all the guys at Weta just... You know, on their off time, going nerding <laughs> out. Going, we're going to make oh this spider god. pit sequence. So oh if, my god! Yes. If anything, buy that double <laughs> DVD set just for that. Because first of all, the documentary that goes around it is amazing, and then the little, that you know, their results are just fantastic. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty delightful. <laughs> <laughs> so now, um, the film uh, we mentioned it inspires. Uh, Ray Harryhausen. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't work on this. He did not work on this. He saw it. Uh, I believe in first run in New York City when he was a kid. He went, oh, this is what yeah. I want to do with this my is, life. I want right. to do this. Yes. Yeah. And it, literally, this is the movie that's that told him this is what you're going to do with your life. This was his sign from God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, you know, he he started working in special effects. He befriended Ray Bradbury, and they were besties for life. Uh, and eventually, he he started doing his own uh, stop motion animation, kind of worked his way up the ladder, and eventually he started working. He he got hired for his first major motion picture work under Willis O'Brien himself on Mighty Joe Young, which Willis is Willis oh. O'Brien. Sorry, I had to do that again. <laughs> you did, you did, <laughs> and which is uh, another movie about a giant gorilla. So um, that movie did win an Oscar. And uh, Marion C. Cooper was also working on it. So he got awarded the Oscar. I can't remember specifically what the Oscar was for, but he award- he took his Oscar and gave it to Willis O'Brien. Willis O'Brien? I'm sorry. <laughs> this might get old. Because it's like, here, dude, you deserve this. Have an Oscar. <laughs> Have my Oscar. Nice. <laughs> so when you say this movie, is it King Kong or Mighty Joe Young? Mighty Joe Young. Yeah. Mighty Joe Young. Yeah. King the- Kong. This, yeah, this was just a... An enormous hit, and it's uh, spawned lots of imitators. Um, you had mentioned earlier that it might be the first monster movie, and it's really not. Um, it is in in the whole spectrum of stop motion animation. Stop motion animation was a thing even back in the uh, uh, like 1898. One of the first things people yeah. f- figured out about film was that you could stop it, move. And then things would happen <laughs> between yeah. frames. So um, there was eventually a movie in 1925 called The Lost World, uh, 
which uh, culminates in dinosaurs rampaging through London, which is a pretty fantastic thing. Nice. But that was also animated by Willis O'Brien. Willis O'Brien! <laughs> I'm going to hear that in my head anyway. <laughs> so, so if this if this film has any precedent in terms of uh, monsters rampaging through New York, it's The Lost World with sure. dinosaurs well, rampaging through London. And, I, and I, I think I did correct myself in that it's not the first giant yeah. monster movie, but it is the giant monster... It, it, is the first giant monster movie that really captured anybody's imagination to the point of really, yeah. I think, making it a thing. It was an <laughs> enormous uh, cultural touchstone. Yeah. And, and it like I say, there, you can connect the dots from King Kong to Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> yes, indeed you can. It's, it's just, it's <laughs> not even, to and connect the dots from King Kong to... To Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pacific Rim doesn't happen without King Kong. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Indeed. Climbing the Empire State Building. And there have been two the two direct remakes. Two direct re- well, there's also Queen Kong, which is a terrible. What? Movie. Oh, and, and there's a sequel to King, King the nineteen seventy six King Kong, which is awful, would and it has a sequel where his wife <laughs> there's a f- female Kong, and um, is she jealous? There's something to do with an artificial heart of giant proportions. Maybe I had this in a fever dream. I don't it know. Be... It was also terrible. Uh, and then, se- yeah, the, the, the '77 Kong <laughs> oh, who climbs Dino the De Laurentiis the Twin Towers oh, is really bad. It is terrible. It's really bad. It's god awful. The Peter Jackson Kong is interesting i don't think it's very good i adore the 2005 peter jackson remake it it is um colossally overbaked it's poorly paced it is overindulgent and i absolutely fucking love it it's the thing the thing that the thing that makes it i guess the thing that makes the 2005 kong so is that it's like peter jackson's favorite film Oh yeah, this so is like I've been waiting my whole life to this do this. This is like I made so much fucking money uh, for the studio making uh, the Lord of the Rings films that now I can basically do my ego project. Yeah. And the thing that I've always wanted to do is make King Kong. Mm-hmm. So he makes King Kong, and I don't think it works in any oh, no. way. You know, like the well, scene the, by scene, there are scenes that are fantastic. There are but... there are scenes that are really good, but in general. Like, the original Kong, there's the fight with the T-Rex, which mm-hmm. I think is amazing. And way yes. it ends with him ripping the T-Rex's yeah. mouth apart. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. even even in this, this 30s stop motion animation, oh, yeah. you're like, ow. Oh. So, in the 2005, he fights three T-Rexes. Nah, it's I, two. I, I thought it was three. It's two. I could have sworn it was two, and then there was a third. I'm pretty sure it's two. Anyway, the point is... I'll happily watch it again. But <laughs> The point is, there's a, there's another T-Rex, and it's kind of like, uh, that, you didn't need the extra but, T-Rex. But you've got dinosaurs on trapeze during that sequence, because literally, they, they, they like, at one point, yeah. they all fall off a cliff, and uh, uh, they're all tangled in vines, so literally, the dinosaurs are, like, swinging across the pit. It's, 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 like, it's, it's like, glorious. Oh, my God, I love it. It's like, it's like Cirque du Soleil with dinosaurs. It is. It oh is. God. And how do you not love that? <laughs> I, I, think they do, I think they do get the thing where he finally rips the. Oh, mouth. yeah. They, yeah. I mean, they include. 
include that. But anyway, yeah, they totally do. It's it's kind of, it's 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 just this fascinating thing where it's like Peter Jackson is like, I can make whatever movie I want. I want to make King Kong, and it's it. Anyway, the, yeah, the it's, original... it's poorly paced, and that is its its biggest problem. I mean, the biggest complaint I always hear about it is it takes too long for Kong to show up because there is this long, long, long lead up to getting to Skull Island, getting on the island, finally meeting Kong. Um, it's like half the movie. But then again, when you watch this, uh, yeah. the original Kong... You don't see Kong until forty-seven minutes in, that which is yeah. half the movie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so there's it's, a creation it's there that you create the anticipation for the yeah. But the but the difference is is this movie is one hundred and four minutes long, and Peter Jackson's is like two and a half hours. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but the original is still yeah. it's the movie. It right, is. What other trivia do you have to share oh, with us? Oh goodness, Melissa? I have a bunch. Um, let's see. The Kong's roar is like a combination of lion and tiger roars, and they're kind of like played backwards and stuff. Lions and, and tigers and Kongs. down a bit. Oh. Um, we've got uh, this is one of the first movies that had an integrated movie score. So, like, we were yeah. just watching Tarzan, Tarzan the Ape Man, no score, Yeah, was the year before this. Okay. So, um, in 1933, two movies came out, this one and a movie called Bird of, Birds of Paradise, and uh, they both had integrated soundtracks like we just saw here, and they were both scored by Max Steiner. Okay. And Max Steiner being uh, one of the great movie composers of movie history, because he was the guy who wrote the score for... Casablanca and Gone with the Wind, you know, among other things. Oh, we should no, mention but, Gone know. with the Wind. Yeah. Just oh, a, yes, 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 an yes. Important connection. Indeed. And I know we haven't done Gone with the Wind on this podcast okay. yet, and we will eventually have to do that. But oh, we will. But uh, but but before we before we hit that, I just since I'm just on Max Steiner for a moment. Okay, Max um, Steiner. He, he wrote it and he wrote the score in two weeks. Um, Max Steiner, uh, before coming to Hollywood, used to work with Gustav Mahler. He was trained wow. by Mahler and came huh. to Hollywood. So, badass, man. So, anyway, Gone with the Wind. So, that giant gate set on Skull Island, the, the enormous set with the oh, big yeah. wooden gate, um, that was on the back lot of RKO for a long time, and they'd you know, haul it up for various purposes and redress it. And eventually, Gone with the Wind came around, and um, for the uh, burning of Atlanta yep. sequence, which is just this ginormous spectacle of fire. Um, they burned a whole bunch of old sets, including Kong's Gate. Yeah, yeah, so Kong's Gate is gone. Because it was set because on fire for Gone with the Wind. It was set on fire for Gone with the Wind. Yeah, and it, and it's if you're watching for it, you can actually see it. It's like the, the gates of the city or something like that. I can't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen Gone with the Wind. Well, yeah. Yeah, you know. It, it, that Gone one's a long one to sit through. <laughs> oh, I even have a list. Um, the The Great Wall was also part of the uh, Temple of Jerusalem in Cecil B. DeMille's The King of Kings. Huh. Uh, it was reused in uh, the Garden of Allah, and uh, yep, it was burned down for Gun with the Wind. So yeah, so yeah. you know, wow. they, got, they got some extra use out of it. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Good for them. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Indeed, indeed, yeah. burn. <laughs> that was the and, it's, and it's a big thing to keep around. You don't want to keep it in your attic too long. It's well, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, eventually you start putting other boxes in front of it. Things just yeah. get cluttered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Anything else important to share, Melissa? Oh, God, there's so much. Um, The stories of the Loch Ness Monster. Like, oh, you mentioned real, that. Yeah, we were, we were talking about this during the film um, when the uh, Brontosaurus rises out of the swamp and, and Jenna goes, Loch Ness Monster. You go, Loch Ness Monster? Uh, those stories started about six months after this movie came out. Huh. So I'm, I'm thinking, sure there's no relationship no, there. Not yeah. None at all. Should we, we need, yes, well, we need to talk about Faye Ray a little we, bit. We do. This we is do. our second time with Faye Ray. Because, because Faye Ray was in Mystery of the Wax Museum. That's right. Yep. She was queen of the B-movies. Uh, she was uh, the... She's often called the original screen queen. Because, uh, man, that woman can shriek. She can <laughs> shriek. Was, she was famous for screaming. <laughs> pers- pers- well, she got of plenty of opportunities. Did too. she meet a tragic end? No, she didn't. No. 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 She, um, she was a Canadian. She was raised in Los Angeles. Um, she was a young teen when she started working on movies as an extra. And, it, you know, soon enough, Eric von Stroheim discovered her, put her in the wedding march in uh, 1928. And her career was launched and so by the time she was in king kong she was so prolific that while she was working on king kong she made like four other movies at the same time <laughs> wow <laughs> she was well first of all king kong took a long time to make yeah but uh yeah she was just always working and uh she um she was always most famous for this movie and there there's a uh, quote from her about um Oh, I've got it written down here. At the premiere of King Kong, I wasn't too impressed. I thought there was too much screaming. I didn't realize that Kong and I were going to be together for the rest of our lives and longer. (laughs) 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 But uh, she, you know, from here on, you know, she continued starring in movies. Her her career dwindled a little bit. And then, you know, she came back later in life as, uh, you know, an older actress uh, here and there. She uh, had a sideline as a playwright. Um, her third husband was a brain surgeon. So, you know, that, that was kind of interesting there. But at the very end of her life, um, she became friends with Peter Jackson while he was making King Kong. Oh! Doing the remake. And... The original plan was she was going to deliver the last line of the movie. She was going to come out of the crowd and declare that beauty killed the beast and walk off into the crowd. But she passed away in 2004 before they could film the scene, which which is very, very unfortunate. Um, Yeah. One of the weird coincidences, she just passed away peacefully in a emergency room somewhere but um but it was tragic but it was, I think, it was I think tragic go, yeah. just to lose her and uh while the doctors were working on her in the er apparently king kong was playing on the tv at the same time <laughs> but after she passed away a couple days after she passed away uh they dimmed the lights of the empire state building for 15 minutes in honor of her and then dropped a giant monkey off the top. Yeah, and it killed thousands. <laughs> it says, oh my god! Oh. I love that scene where he falls and he just like bounces off the building. You're like, oh, right? if he's not dead already, so, that's gonna that's, hurt. That, that, there you go. Um, so, so if you want a tragic story, though, um, oh, I've got one about oh. uh, Willis O'Brien. Willis O'Brien. So Willis O'Brien had a, had a fine long career, but uh, he had a brief marriage to a woman named Hazel Collette, and uh, she had two kids, but it was a really tumultuous marriage, and it was eventually dissolved. Um, she had tuberculosis. She was often drugged or sedated and she had 
apparently had some problems on the side. Um, one of the sons caught tuberculosis and went blind. Aww. And then in 1933, during the production of Sovereign of Kong, which they rushed into production after this made a bazillion dollars. So Willis O'Brien was working on Son of Kong. She took a shotgun, shot both kids, and then herself. But she survived, and then very soon died of cancer and tuberculosis. Huh. Wow. So, there you go. There you go. There's your there's tragedy. There's some tragedy. Good. All right, so wow. we are we are oh. kind of nearing the end of our time. Is yep. there anything else that needs to be shared, aside yes. from that wonderful story? Thank oh you so God. much, Melissa. <laughs> I'll, I'll uplift you. Oh. I'll uplift you. Here's, here's one that um, I don't think most people associate with the stories behind King Kong. Okay. So, the chieftain in the, the tribe... Uh, in the in the early part of the movie, you know the one who offers to buy Faye yeah. Ray for six women. Who wouldn't? Yeah. For six really. women, it's you know Faye Ray is worth a lot, man. She's yeah. worth six, yeah, yeah at least. Um, that's a gentleman named Noble Johnson. He grew up in Missouri. He was friends with Lon Chaney in school. They were childhood friends. Hmm. Uh, they parted ways, and then eventually they both wound up on Holly in Hollywood on their own separate paths, and you know met up again and went, hey, hey. Uh, they never Neat. worked with each other on a movie, but you know they sure. knew each other. Um, but you get all those fancy parties. Yes, indeed. Well, he was black, so maybe not so much for him. Maybe he didn't get to the, go to the fancy parties. But, but Noble Johnson, he was six foot two, like two fifteen, and he just had this great presence. So. In the early days of cinema in the silent era, the black and white stock was was pretty forgiving of skin tone. So uh, black actors made a little bit more headway during the silent era because those lights would wash anybody out. So okay. Noble Johnson was playing, you know, black characters, Hispanic characters, uh, Arabian characters, you know, whatever they needed him for, you know, <laughs> big tall dude sure. to play the quote exotic types. So he actually had a fairly decent film career in the silent era and good enough that in 1916 he formed an all-black film company called Lincoln Motion Picture Company. Yes! So, you know, he was present in the studio, everybody who worked with him was black, and they made entirely black pictures. Uh, They were called race pictures at the time, and they were specifically sold to um, you know, qu- quote, colored only theaters and, you know, to uh, places where the audience would be black. Oh, and yeah. so this this film studio was uh, only around till about 1923, but it spawned a whole bunch of other little tiny studios that also catered to non-white okay. audiences, awesome. which is really cool. And uh, another really neat thing was he continued acting while also being present in the studio. So he'd help fund the uh, the studio by taking acting jobs on the side. Huh. Yes. Eventually, he uh, resigned as president in like 1920 because it's like that's a lot of work. But, sure. And but that's yeah, clearly was, when things started going downhill. But wow. no, I, hit, I mean his acting career. Uh, no, I mean for the studio. Uh, yeah, for the studio, yeah. it didn't quite uh, keep running. But the he his career was nice and long. He was in Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse and Thief of Baghdad. Oh, Thief uh, of Baghdad. He was in the 1930 sound version of Moby Dick. He was in Frank Capra's Lost Horizon. And finally, I think it was his last film role, uh, She Wore a Yellow Ribbon. He was Chief Redshirt. 
So she's playing a Native American. Because, you know, what, what, well, yeah. uh, well, once yeah. the skin tone yeah. gets dark enough, it doesn't really yeah, it matter. Doesn't, yeah, yeah. At least they didn't put a white guy in a red face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever. Or pygmies. Yeah, uh, yeah. But he retired in 1950. He passed away in 1978. But he, I always thought his... His uh, story was very neat. It is, it is fantastic. I like All right, so uh, we've reached the point where we need to do final thoughts. Jenna, what is your final thought um, about King Kong? Okay, so uh, at the very beginning of the movie, there, there was one part that stuck out with me where the, the two sailors are like, um, the, it's, it's the sailors and uh, um, the, the, the videographer guy. Uh, director. Videographer. I couldn't even, I couldn't even, I know that's Carl not Driscoll. even a real term, but, uh, and the, 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 the talent agent guy, like the four of them are on the boat talking, mm-hmm. like, and uh, the, all, all three of the, the other guys are like, well, you can't put a girl like that in a dangerous situation and blah, 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 blah. And I loved that, um. What is that character's name? I'm totally spacing right now. The guy, the guy behind the camera. Yeah. Or Carl Denham. Carl Denham. Thank you. Uh, I love that Carl Denham was like, "What? You know, there are girls out there strong enough to do this. Like, you can be strong and, and blah blah blah." And I was like, "Oh, that's really cool." And then, like the next moment, he was like, "Well, yeah, but you don't want to take a girl and like, like uh, girls are flighty and blah blah blah. They're undependable." And I'm like. Ah, damn you. Come on. You just undermined yourself. Yeah, right? well, uh, there might have been a little bit of sexism in that era as well. All right, just a little bit. Uh, uh, Melissa, final thoughts about King Kong. Okay, so Bruce Cabot, who played John Driscoll, uh, he was also Saxon in Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> <laughs> he, he also tested for John Wayne's role in Stagecoach. Oh. Clearly he didn't get it. But Clearly no. not. <laughs> Clearly not. It didn't work out for him. All right, so my final thought. The one thing I want to say is every version of uh, King Kong, uh, I, I don't know if they, they want you to like Carl Denham, but I think he's a complete ass. Oh, he is. Uh, he's, he's, he's just a complete... He doesn't give a <laughs> fuck about anybody but himself. And Well, he's, he's kind of meant as a... A commentary on the bloodthirst mm. of Hollywood. Yeah, really. he really is. Uh, but uh, but I, 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 this one, I dislike him, I think, the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think the Jackson Carl Denham, is, it's played by Jack Black, is a completely reprehensible. Yes. <laughs> just nothing. And it, yes. the 70, there's just nothing to like in the 77 comics, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so the next movie we're going to be doing is uh, Eight and a Half. Yes. By, by Fellini. Fellini. So it's our first Fellini film here on A Real Education, so we hope you'll join us for that. Uh, but even if you don't, we appreciate you listening this far, and uh, we will catch you next time. Bye! Bye! We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, dee.